Hi everyone and welcome to Intent, a series of conversations between friends about life, interruptions, surprises and faith. I'm Jim Sutton and I'm talking as ever with a good friend Steve Rouse. Again we're trying to be open about our own experiences, the questions we have and the challenges we face, holding it all intentionally connected with our faith to wonder what part God plays in any of it. This week, in the lead up to Easter, we're wondering whether we can believe a word that computers tell us, and to what extent, if any, new life and resurrection plays a part in our everyday lives here and now, all alongside the odd phone-related interruption. Immediately, I have to start with an apology because I wrongly refer to Sally Phillips, the wonderful British comic, as Sally Fields, the American actress of Mrs Doubtfire fame. So when I say Fields, think Phillips. So apologies to Sally's everywhere, really. Following our chat today, there'll be a few weeks break in the podcast. I know, I know, how many breaks do we need? But we're looking forward to getting back into it in mid-May. In the interim, why not tweet us at Intent Talk? Yes, we're on Twitter now. Or just bung an email to jim at ballonbaptist.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. But for now, here's the chat. <laughs> I just want to deal with it, like you say. like feels like everyone's got a heck of a lot of straw in their back. <laughs> and it's like, oh, is this... Is this gonna be it? Is this the one? It's like um, not Buckaroo. What's the? I don't even know. What's what's a game where you like pile stuff up and it's just like one little yeah, extra. Buckaroo. Is it? Where you just like put, yeah, you put, you put another little thing. thing. Except except for me, it won't be the whole thing springing apart. It will just collapse. It will just be like. <laughs> it will just but be the double. There's a great picture. I took a picture actually. I'll have to find it, dig it out. It was one I took when I was in Kenya of a of a mule by the side of the road, just kind of like with all its practice sitting like with the weight of, on its shoulders so, oh yeah oh i might have to find that anyway oh yes i'm gonna i'll go and get my get my arm around that mule i'll be right with it definitely yeah definitely oh um, i've I'll been um that. there's all there's all sorts of things been conspiring against me this week one of one of which is um your friend and mine or particularly your friend technology um my <laughs> Steve loves it so much. Um, my, my stupid, my computer's been lying to me. Um, basically, like it's 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 poor, it's poor little battery has had enough, like that little mule, um, and it's it's just really struggling to to. Um, I don't even know what it what it is. It's not. I don't. Know, apparently, it's not that the battery can't hold its charge. It's just that it keeps thinking that it's empty. And then ah, it just yeah, turns turns, yeah. It, turns itself off as like a kind of a, a safe, <laughs> self sacrificial or safe saving kind of measure, but it tells me that it's got a hundred percent charge. So it tells me everything's fine, and then it just turns off. Um, and so, like, I thought, Ooh. oh, fine, I'll, I'll book myself in to um, go and see some technological um, person who will remain main, remain nameless or whatever. Um, but I did go to the Apple store and they, uh, they said, yeah, we can sort it out fine. And like, they, I booked it in for that day to go and see him and have a look at it. I took him in and they said, yep, yep. That's what we can do. We'll just change the battery. Easy peasy. They said, you can have it back in 14 days. I was like, you kidding? You could, you could at least like told me beforehand. Um, so I said, nope, that's fine. I'll take it away from it. I'll deal with this rubbish for a bit longer than try and deal with it in another way um for a bit and maybe have to deal with that later because i like we're, we're going away uh, next week and i can't afford to have it for two weeks but like it's just this this thing of like you can't i can't i feel like i can't trust the word that it says now um that whenever something is going on you're like do you really mean that like you tell me the battery's full but is it like how how much can i depend on it and how much i can't and uh in some ways it's, it's I don't know. It's it's a silly example, but uh, I was I was having quite a, a 
I've been quite like a deep conversation with somebody this week and just about those things that, that you, you're, you're told or you hear or whatever. And you, you think you, you, or you know, you're supposed to trust them or something else like that. And then something happens and you think, oh, cat is, is that right? It, it doesn't feel like that's true. And, um, yeah, without wanting to get like too deep, too quick, like, um, this individual was, was basically saying that they're in their late, they're later in life now. And, um we were just talking about kind of life in general um going here there and everywhere as you do in some conversations and they were just talking about some of their childhood um and some of the things that 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 happened to them and the experiences that they had and a bit of a chaotic um kind of upbringing and they they said well i i i was told that that jesus was somebody who protected the children that jesus was somebody who protects children and they said that wasn't my experience at all that wasn't my experience that the adults in in their life um had done significant damage to them um both in their family and beyond it and that kind of thing was like they they were they were they were somehow clinging on to to trusting in this god but it's you know when somebody says something it's clearly such a such a there's a wound that well yeah significant wound there uh, alongside the trauma of of just that, that can can I trust can I trust God to be who He says He is? Like if if Jesus is this one who who welcomes little children who who should, should, I've been I've been told provides kind of self safe spaces for them. That that wasn't my experience. So can I can mm. I trust anything that 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 He says? And I think I, I was reflecting on it more today because um, it will come that we're in um, what do they call it? Is it Holy Week? They call it Holy Week, right? Um, I probably know that, um, but kind of leading up to, to Easter Sunday and this kind of day of kind of great like uh, joy and celebration of resurrection. You know, this this Jesus who who is crucified on Good Friday and then comes back from the dead on Sunday. And it there's there's part of me that it's like I don't know how I. Um, my my life has been fundamentally shaped by those by those events, um, however many thousand years ago, or however however exactly number of years ago it was, a couple of thousand years ago, and and yet, like when you have somebody saying to you like this, this is what's gone on in my life, this is how it's impacted me, um, that kind of thought of resurrection seems really weak. It's kind of like, well, yes, but was that was that just for then? Was that just? A kind of one-time resurrection and then the rest of the time it's like we just fumble our way through the storms and the the brokenness of the world that continues to impact us day after day after day and almost like in in preparing as, as somebody who's going to be kind of preaching on easter sunday it's kind of like you you, you want to be preaching about the resurrection but it's kind of looking at notes and material and that kind of thing that something inside of me is just kind of like um, is this just hollow like in light of that conversation is all this stuff going to be like, if I thump my chest strongly, strongly enough, if I kind of stamp my foot up and down about the resurrection of Jesus, then it will mean something that then it will make some sense. But knowing that this, this particular individual is kind of like, well, what, what does that really mean for them? Like is, is, is resurrection tangible? Is it here and now? Is it, is it just, is it just for then, you know? And I know it's in all, I don't know. Yeah, that that resurrection is not simply like just a, a coming back from the dead of of a body um, from beyond the grave or anything like that. Um, like it's it's more than that kind of thing. But just just this week, it's just kind of like, and and not not even saying that I'm 
that's not to say like I'm doubting my faith or the power of uh, the gospel or the power of Christ or the power of what what that 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 series of events two thousand odd years ago meant or what actually happened and everything else. But it's just kind of like ah, uh, sometimes the human experience just makes you kind of look at what you're being told. Maybe that sometimes maybe the Bible can be a bit like that little battery icon on my computer, and it tells you something. And then you look at it in light of your experience and what's actually happening, and you think, "Really? Do you, d does that really mean something? What what does that mean now? What am I supposed to do to live in light of that?" So yeah, I don't, it's it's just been like hanging around my head this week, kind of thinking about this Easter Sunday, kind of what what does resurrection really mean? What does it mean for those who are utterly smashed and broken? Um, for those it it should mean the most to, and yet it's we're continually confronted by our own experience in it. Well, I think, I think the illustration, I mean, I think, I think your illustration about the computer could take us in all sorts of different directions, but I think you, the point <laughs> I don't you want made, to hear about more problems. <laughs> <or how I'm>, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got time. But I think the link you make, I think you, I think it's something really significant in terms of our discipleship. I think what it makes me think of is when I was, I think I must've been, my grandmother died when when I was six, I think, um, and just before, in that same year, I think she'd given me um, this little—I don't even know what what the translation is. It just it was just called the Holy Bible. It was a children's little children's Bible. And, maybe it was uh, the actual one. Maybe the actual, actual one. Holy Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the real one. <laughs> and. Um, I remember flicking, you know, it's <laughs> typical of me. I haven't changed even now I'm 54. Flicking through, looking at the pictures rather, <laughs> rather <laughs> than the time. But yeah. I remember landing on the page with a picture of, and it was a very distant picture, but this image, this image of the crucifixion scene. And these, you know, it was, it was children Bibles. They, were, they weren't graphic, but it, it was just this scene a long, long way away. And it was, um, I remember enough that, the, the points at which Jesus' hands were and the point at which his feet were were just marked by little red dots. And that that I can remember that image moving me. I remember that image. I remember feeling um, weeping about it. I, 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 I can't remember whether somebody explained, but there was something about that image that moved me. And I think, I think it's one of the ways in which I think I'd want to try and describe my own, whatever you want to call it, my own faith journey over all these years has been almost a constant returning to these things. It's like you you look at the picture or you look at the story and then you go away and you live and then you have some experiences or, you, or like you've just described, you come up against somebody else's story and you think, oh, flip. Like in the light of that, I go back to the picture and I, or back to the story and go, well, what the heck does that mean now? But it's almost like I remember um, the minister when I was growing up at, as part of the Church of Frinton. There was a minister called Don Bridge, and Don Don Bridge wrote a book called um, "On Doubt." And he said, and I don't, he said, he, he said, "Doubt is the friend of faith." And um, and it's always stayed with me. I thought, you know, in some ways, I think when we find that we're struggling to understand what it can do, it can probably send you one of two ways you can either go well because of my experience and because that doesn't match up to the god that i thought i knew 
I'm out. Or you go, well, then if, if it doesn't mean that, or if it didn't really mean that, how do I find out what it really does mean? Where do I go to try and pl- sort of plunge or dig deeper? And I've, I remember reading a book some years ago called The God You're Looking For, and it it, it was quite helpful in that it, it kind of each chapter said, are you, are you looking for, a, for example, are you looking for a God who... I don't know. It's like a like a you know big rabbit's foot, as it were, like a big kind of like lucky charm. And and I think there's definitely been times in my journey where where that that probably has been, and to some degree still is the case. That I sometimes become very aware of the shallowness, really, still of my own faith. That I still at times feel like, is that it? Like, have I? Do I really think? Oh God, I'm off to Sainsbury's. You know, I'm. You know, this is not true of me, but like, <laughs> you know, help me find a parking space or whatever. Or I think that God is with me when life's going well. You know, oh God was so good to me this week. And what we basically mean is when we say that is everything lined up. The week went well. I had no problems. But, but that what's that? What kind of God is that revealing? You know, what sort of God are we actually looking for? And I think. Yet so many of the, I don't know, like so many of the Christian writers over the years have said that, you know, they've really found, I think, a deeper sense of who God is. When they, you know, when you when you read people that have written about their faith in the midst of, I don't know, concentration camp or middle of war or middle of horrendous suffering, it's like that's when they've true, like, really begun to plummet the depth of who God is. Mm. And it's for me, it's that what you describe is almost like that. It's one of the ways I'd say is it, 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 those experiences or those things have sort of pushed me to go back to it again. And it's really interesting. You said I'm not going to be able to do this through us. So we might have to, not that we can edit this or take it out. But only yesterday I was listening to this particular guy talk about Easter Sunday. And, the, and he, was, he was asked the question, how would you preach on Easter Sunday? He said, he said I certainly wouldn't any longer just preach on on how you know, Jesus died on the cross just for you. Like, it's not just all about you. He said, so often when we interpret the story, we make it all about us. Uh, He said, there's something much, much bigger going on in the Easter story than than just about, we've made it just about, we've made it, we've kind of personalised it. What is it they say? They say something like, we've personalised it, privatised it, and probably another piece somewhere in there. But (laughs) like, it's like, we've, we've lost sight of, the enormity of what Jesus was doing in that moment. And we've made it just about me. He says, not that it's not about you, but we've, we've made it just about, we put ourselves at the center of the story. And so mm. anyway, that's slightly irrelevant. I was, I was more interested in what you said about, I don't know. Have you found that? Have you found kind of like, does that make sense in terms of, have you found, like I, I just found that to be so true over the years is, the, the tough experiences or the tough questions just keep pushing me back into it. Yeah, more. definitely. Definitely. I'm, 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 I'm racking. Oh, that's it. Sally Fields. Sally Fields. Is that a name? Oh yeah. Um, comedian. Great actress. Yeah. 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 Actress and comedian. Wonderful lady. Um, yeah. Hearing her, um, I was listening to her chat on a, on a podcast and she talked about her own faith and particularly in light of her um, experience with a, a her son has uh, Down syndrome and 
uh, she made this i think she made this comment um and I'll, I'll phrase it badly but i think she said that there's there's more doubt in faith than you than you expect or no there's more more doubt in faith than i don't know than you ever believe but there's also more faith in doubt than you expect that kind of that that in that almost within within our faith there is there is always doubt you know that's an element of of faith um but also to to doubt is to operate in the same spectrum that faith does you know that that doubts are doubts and faith they're kind of they operate in that same kind of plane that same kind of um yeah whatever um yeah that's that spectrum that line um and i i think that's 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 an important thing for me it has been an important thing in my faith journey that kind of when when there have been because I, I mean i grew up thinking like faith was um and maybe like be people kind of quoting hebrews at me that kind of faith is being um whatever it is sure of what you cannot see and certain of all of that you know um that's a terrible quote isn't it but <laughs> you remember the sunny fields one i know i know right i know i'm terrible at quoting the bible um but i remember the sentiment um and and so there is that but i think like when you when you take that and you kind of make faith in turn in terms of this um this polished perfect kind of thing then it's kind of like there's there's this certainty and this hard edge to it and everything else and yet i've certainly known that in the seasons of life that have challenged where I've previously drawn that hard edge, what I thought to be true, what I thought to be the limit of faith or, or to, to even be kind of like, that's, that's how it works. That's how I understand it to be when those things are challenged. And when you kind of, when you're rocked by that, that actually, as you kind of process, as you kind of explore that part of the kind of faith landscape, that you, you find yourself at a deeper level of peace and a deeper, you find your faith growing in, in those instances, you know, and I think my, my journey has certainly been a, a journey of, of recognizing faith as, um, moving from a position of thinking of faith as some sort of Ming vase that you need to keep immaculate and, um, looked after and protected and, um, defended, uh, that actually I, I believe, yeah, rather than faith being like a Ming vase, I think it's like a toddler with a, with a dad, you know, that, that like the, I don't know, the toddler can almost do whatever it wants. It can pound on the father's chest and everything else. It's not going to damage the relationship, you know. It's 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 the it's the child questioning, it's the child trying to work out what's going on in the world and the way that it it works. I mean, like, um yeah, I mean having having Ada at the moment, she's nearly three and like there's there's an awful lot of that of just kind of holding her in, in a rage at the world and why it is and why we have to turn off CBBs because it is dinner time um and and all of this um and why it's not okay to climb on the dinner table to come and drink daddy's glass of water and all, all of that kind of stuff that <laughs> kind of it, god's god's big enough to take it because if he isn't then what what kind of a god is he um and i think that's the ability to doubt and to question has certainly grown my faith um it's certainly enabled it it's given it kind of more room to grow um but I think there's a, there's still an awful lot of people in church life for whom faith is a bit like that Ming vase. It, 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 even if you wouldn't put it necessarily in those terms, faith is something to be defended. I mean, this is not necessarily a critique of apologetics right now, but like, you know, there's whole wings of theology set up to defend the faith and everything else. And I do get that kind of rigor and um, desire to, that our, our faith operates on all levels and they're, 
there is a rationalization of it which should bear up definitely but at the same time um i think i think without the blurred edges almost the the more the blurred edges have grown in my faith the more the more i found found life in it i suppose it make, makes me think of our back garden at the moment uh in that it's just like a bit of concrete and then some mud pretty much um but kind of you in a garden you can try and keep everything like kind of you're trying to tame everything all the time you're trying to keep it kind of perfect or or whatever it can be easy to kind of you're trying to manicure it to make it look wonderful like um i don't know like the augusta golf course with its azaleas and everything else just this beautiful pristine wonderful paradise and yet there's really something incredibly beautiful about like a natural meadowland of wildflowers and stuff just breaking out wherever it wants however it wants about the about even just looking out the window where I am now in um in Balham and kind of looking at the concrete and how the the plants still find their way of kind of burrowing out of the cracks and and growing on the side of buildings and stuff and kind of like this this life kind of breaks out in all kinds of places it's not just restricted to where we manicure it and where we tidily organize it to be so that when we go toe to toe with somebody else and their questions we can we can have an answer at the ready and everything else that, that we think um, will demolish their points or whatever else like that. But you, you know that, that faith faith is is almost, it's in so much of things. And like you say, that kind of like that resurrection, it's not just, it's not me specific. It's not, it's not just, it's not just for me. It is for me, but the, the resurrection, the power of Jesus is, is so much more than that. Just the complete renewal and revival, the restoring of the world, you know, that that's, for me like at the heart of resurrection now um but it's it's still really hard to kind of draw that alongside our lived experience and and the, and the painful lived experiences of others you know it's because that's that's not empathetic or even that that doesn't that doesn't help to say necessarily all of that stuff to somebody who's deep in pain and trauma and you know the, the impact of all of that to say well it's okay because god's god's made it made it all better for all of humanity then the question is, well, what what about me? Was was am I just like collateral, um, and I just have to kind of wait till, wait till I I see him face to face in glory that that things will be made better, and I I think that's still a part of that restoration. It's still a part of that resurrection, but it's it's really hard dwelling in the in the here and now with the pain and with the promise. Oh, it's a lovely phone going off. Um, yeah, I, I don't it's know if that chimes with it. Yeah, you, it's quite interesting, though, because you make me, make me think, and I've not really quite had this thought before, because I think you're right. It's in, in a sense, depending on which direction you're coming at the resurrection from, as it were, what you were saying towards the end that was making me think about, I wonder if we're helped in our, in our searching and now trying to understand by what we see happening after the resurrection in terms of looking at the different characters as they begin to encounter resurrection, if you like. You know, so I was thinking a moment ago, you know, because we were talking about doubt, you know, we talk, we, we have that common phrase about, you know, sort of doubting Thomas, and you look at Thomas's reaction and how, you know, if you're not careful, if you know that story, you've, been, you've almost been taught to look down on him in a sense, like, oh, this pathetic character who, who doubts, um, doubts Jesus or doubts what you know and wants to actually see him and feel the wounds so that he really knows that 
this has happened. But I think I think that is part of the journey in some ways. That is part of our story in some ways. Um, and I think and I think as well, there's also you know whether it's looking at the character of Peter who completely messes up in terms of his own you know in terms of his own journey and he's completely distances himself having denied who Jesus is and uh, his experience of the resurrection and what that begins to look like it's almost like the the resurrection initially the actual you know begins to these little shards of light in people's experience um perhaps helps us in some way and, and also I think I don't know if I was thinking like what you were saying a bit earlier about the you know that it, it, it was making me think going back to that story I said about the, my childhood experience, you know, or even just slightly further on than that, that at one point in my own journey, the resurrection was simply some, an event to be believed, an event that happened. And, and it was kind of like, you, could, you know, it was like a, a factual thing that I needed to reason out in some way to the, to the degree to which I could at that stage in my journey where I go, you know, it just simply, is this true or not? And then I would say, over the years, that that then has became more more of a personal thing. Thinking, oh, I could pa- perhaps experience something of resurrection in my own life. That 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 however you describe it, that the sort of things that were dead, as it were, can come back to life. Things that that I can discover this whole other understanding about life. Um, you know, because of because of the resurrection. And then you said it just a moment ago that then you 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 come back to it again it's this even bigger picture you think gosh this this event this event of jesus dying and rising again has a has an impact way beyond me it has an it has a kind of recreating impact in in the very world that we live in that you think wow so i think there's a sense in which it, it's 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 all of those things and i i suppose the other element i was thinking about was we're perhaps helped in our understanding by you know we often talk about faith or you know, about how it's about a relationship and i find in relationship whether it's with good friends whether it is with a with a partner a husband a wife whether it is you know with your parents like the longer you go on the more you kind of like you asked me earlier on um in our conversation perhaps before we we start recording was thinking about yeah so how's your mum and dad sort of thing and i think gosh you know, my mum and dad, dad's 80 mum's 78 or nearly 78 and i think Every time I come to kind of be with them, I'm going, oh, you're, you're that kind of, you're that sort of person. Like you're constantly discovering about them. And you might want to say, oh, I know my parents, but you're like, I've known my parents for 54 years, but my, my understanding of them has kind of developed over a long, long relationship with them, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, And so... Um, I think think that kind of relational element of things in terms of the connection um, with others over a, over a long period of time, you know that that does does develop and deepen um, kind of that connection in a way that y- you can't just uh, I don't know you can't just kind of reason out or whatever. Interesting, like when I was walking in this morning, um, I was listening. I was listening to um, a podcast by the um, the Bible for Normal People. I don't know if you ever listened to that with with Pete Enns and um, Jared Bias, and they're talking about kind of whether whether the Bible really 
really matters and kind of talking about it in terms of that the metaphor of relationship for the connection with god and kind of being like the the bible of course it matters um but it's not it's not the be all and end all you know like if you if you have a your your kind of life partner or whatever that if if you said to them one day look it's all right i understand that you love me and i love you and everything else and in, f in fact what i've done is i've written this book i've written this book which is everything you need to know about me um and you just take that and uh we'll we'll be all good don't don't feel the need for us to have like any more conversations you know you just you just read just read the book and um it'll tell you everything you need to know right so yeah i'll i'll still be here i'll still be here but i just kind of figure this is a this is a i don't know it just makes sense to do this you know you know everything about it and i, I think it's it's really easy for that to that to be the case in our, our walk our, our walk with faith you know that um the bible is this incredible almost um yeah this incredible library about the connection of god with with his people with humanity and in his pursuit of them uh and yet it that that because because of the holy spirit that 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 kind of connection that relationship continues to develop you know that 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 is our kind of jumping off point in kind of understanding and hearing more about how god has related to humanity over the over generations over the entirety of creation and yet still in this day and age he is he is still saying kind of behold i'm doing a new thing i'm doing a new thing in in your life in your context in the world that you live in um, kind of this this word of God being kind of living and active is is not just in a kind of book form, but kind of the word as in the the logos of of John of John one. You know, in the beginning was the word, and it's it's not that the Bible existed in the beginning. You know, is that that God that this incredible um, kind of God of Father, Son, and Spirit existed before all things and was at work in all things and continues to be at work in all things and almost is is continuing to speak into the darkness the spirit is continuing to hover over the waters of chaos whether it's war or pandemics or the yeah the the fallout of our early life experience and the chaos and trauma caused by that that god is still still working in that and like it's it's only in journeying with him for for years and decades for for a lifetime that um those those kind of things develop i think it's it's something beautiful in it may be, yeah, again, going back to that kind of image of, of baby and, and parent um, that kind of as soon as a baby is born um, and it is held, say, by by its mother, um, that there is there is an opportunity for that child to know utterly and completely that it is loved. Um, just simply being held at a minute old um, that is under no... Um, no doubt of of the affection that uh, it is held in and everything else and actually its entire life life relationship with with its parent is is one of understanding that love and that connection that relationship at a deeper level um well not even at a deeper level it's just maybe putting putting more words to it more 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 breadth to it but still in that moment would be a complete and utter understanding of that love and that embrace and that acceptance and i think that's maybe where, what we get with God, that at that moment of saying, yes, I've decided I want to follow Jesus. I've decided there's something in this. I've decided that the impact of the resurrection is saying, is has touched me in some way, and I can't really understand it, but it there is connected to this this incident of, of Jesus' death and resurrection and the way that his friends um, 
and his kind of yeah the people his journey with react to that i believe there's something in that that impacts this world and it continues to impact me and therefore i'm going to journey and explore that but in that first moment is that complete and utter knowledge of the love that god has for us but as we kind of go in our relationship with god you 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 get to know more about it like you said about getting to know your parents even at the kind of as you as you approach your 60s and your parents are in their late <laughs> I'm approaching my 60s as well. I've just got a lot longer to go. Um, <laughs> but, but even at that point in your life, that you can you can look at people and go, oh, okay, so this that's, that's a new thing about you. Like not even a new thing. It's just something I didn't I didn't know or I didn't see or or whatever. That we keep learning that about one another. So I mean, how much more deep and wondrous and how many many more facets are there to this God um, if we continue journeying with Him faithfully in our lives that. If if you can expect to, in in a set period of your life, learn everything there is to know about God, then again, that's not really a God I'm interested in. You know, a God that I can hold in my head. It's not it's not really a God. It's a God in my image rather than being me made in in theirs. And in some ways, you know, that's that's certainly true of God. But it, it but it is even of one another. You know, that you it, it's it, in some ways you only. I don't know if I, I get this into words, but like what I say about my parents is that it's only, you know, you go, I mean, now our children now are in their early 20s and what we're experiencing with them now kind of adds another dimension to your appreciation of your own parents, that you're like, oh, oh, wow. Like you, you more and more, I find anyway, you more and more reflect upon kind of what they must have, done as parents for you that you didn't you weren't aware of at the time you couldn't see it and it's funny from the parents perspective like you're aware as a parent you often will say it like you know you're you're, you're at the stage with with you know with ada and dane that you're you know very young and you're, you're like you know you're doing things for them at the moment but they can't simply can't appreciate why you do them and can't appreciate why you say the things you do but there will come a day when they look back and it will be years down the track where they're like oh like you know, my mum and dad did that for us. It's like this 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 incredible thing, really, where you and it's only through going through certain things that you think like I I don't know, I know certain times that my mum and dad went through that were really difficult for them. Um or some of the things I've only discovered that they went through. So my mum was only telling me this year at my dad's 80th birthday, she my mum was telling me that her own father was not at her wedding. And I didn't know that. And she said that he he was the kind of guy who just really found it difficult to be in those social settings. Very simple guy, and just a, he just didn't like them. So he he wouldn't he couldn't even be at his own daughter's wedding. So her brother, her older brother, gave her away. Well, I didn't know that. And you like it then suddenly opened up this whole other aspect of my mum that you thought, wow, like mum. That uh, that can't have been easy in some like you know that he wasn't there for you or whatever. And there's one or two things your parents don't you know you don't you like. Mum's been doing that a bit recently. She's one or two things that she told me about. Like her, her mum didn't have her until she was nearly forty, I think, and which was quite unusual in that generation. Um, partly partly affected by the war, and and because. <laughs> My mum says it with a laugh, really, but because my her mum therefore was an older mum, 
she tried to do she tried to deliberately stop her mum from ever turning up to any school events because <laughs> <laughs> she said she always turned up looking so she was like oh everyone thought she was my grandmother oh. <laughs> it's like she was so embarrassed but, but these things you discover like just so far down the track but almost coming back again just going back to kind of right it's just helpful in my head to thinking about the experiences of the various followers of jesus after the resurrection that I just think we so find ourselves in their story, you know, we so find ourselves in kind of whether it's Peter who suddenly thinks, you know, how many times I've had to come back to Jesus and I'm like, surely he won't accept me again. Surely he doesn't want me to kind of whatever it is. Or there's that story of the disciples who are so confused by Jesus, you know, on, on the road to Emmaus, like trying to work it out. And like he just comes alongside. And I think, these pictures, these stories, we find them helpful because they're so true of us, mm. you know. And I think, I think whatever it is we go through, yeah. I, I remember my brother saying this. My older brother. I remember asking him because he didn't, didn't seem at one point like he was going to be somebody who'd follow that kind of path. And I said, "Why? Why did you ever become a Christian?" And he said, um, "He said, Steve, I can't." He said, I can't find anything else that helps me make sense of the painful things of life. And he'd gone through, he'd watched with his wife, her father pass away very young. He was only 54, had a heart attack. And then a good friend of ours, their son, son died when he was 18. He was a gifted hockey player and had this cardiac, cardiac arrest in the young. And those two events played their part in my brother kind of thinking things through again and thinking I can't find anything else that helps me make sense of that so again it's funny isn't it how difficulty like whether it's doubt or pain whatever you go through it can either kind of draw you to it and kind of think I actually I might find something in this that's helpful or it can have the opposite effect it can make you go well this is a load of nonsense thing because God promised me this and it's not happened. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly. And I, I think that's makes me think of, um, yeah, of the, of the, of the, of the Bible's accounts of, of Jesus' resurrection. Like the, the disciples who get name checked, um, are, and you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, are, are Peter and Thomas and Judas. Like it's, the the ones who get name checked is is Thomas who had doubts. It's Peter who betrayed him. Though those are the ones, like and almost like I, it, it's it's not saying yes. James James was a good boy and he believed completely. And John he also agreed. And like you know it doesn't doesn't run through as if like like and and everybody else got it right. But you know but it's 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 Thomas who's noted because for doubting and Peter because of his betrayal. And those are the ones whose stories are told. And it's almost like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe there's something in that, that kind of the, the, the experience of our interaction with the, with the, with the resurrection, the, the two examples that we have are of a doubter and of almost like a prodigal of somebody who's seemingly turned their back on, on God and on Jesus. And yet still there is a, there is a welcome and there is a, a connection available, you know? Um, even yeah. um, this, this year I'd seen it, I'd not seen this before. It was just a, and I haven't thought it through, but even Judas, I mean, I hadn't really appreciated his own, his own sense of, really, his own sense of um, repentance. 
I mean, he, he obviously he, he gets completely dismissed because he takes his own life. And that's almost like some people wonder whether that's the the unforgivable sin, as it were. Yeah. But you look when you read of his remorse and and his and actually I hadn't appreciated that he that he gives back the money he's taken, like he's kind of like he's, he's so I mean, okay, goes then and takes his own life, but some in some ways it's kind of an understandable action as in in like what he's done. Yeah. But the remorse, you know, what he's chosen that moment is like, I think, a t- almost his own, yeah, almost a sort of turning back yeah. to his, to as much as, to the understanding he has at that point. I think, like, he's another of the named characters. I think probably some of us can find ourselves in that too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, uh, the problem I've got, though, is that the next time my computer shuts off randomly and I shout Judas at it, I've got, I don't think it's going to show any remorse at all. Um, and I, I think I might just go out and bury it in a field. I think that might be the best thing for it at the moment. <laughs> One of the ladies in our life group called, uses the name Gertrude each time something doesn't work out so well. So perhaps just call it Gertrude instead. Gertrude, Gertrude, I'll find her in the Bible. She's probably in the Book of Judges. <laughs> Thanks for listening. What are you struggling to believe at the moment? Or just let us know how you're wrestling with technology just to make us feel better. You can tweet us at Intent Talk. Yes, we're on Twitter as well now. Just uh, explore another ways for you to get in touch. So do it through there or just ping a message through jim at ballonbaptist.co.uk. We'll see you in a few weeks, but you can always connect in the interim with Ballon Baptist Church through our YouTube channel or on Instagram at Ballon Baptist. See you next time.